Thank you for supporting Overcomers Christian Center. From wherever you're listening, we hope that today's message leaves you feeling empowered and equipped. Turn with us to Genesis chapter 12, and we will begin reading Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 5. And we are specifically focusing on verses 2 through 3, but we want to begin reading in your hearing on today. Now the Lord had said to Abram, get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. And I will curse him who curses you. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken to him. And Lot went with him. And Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. Then Abram took Sariah, Sarah, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all their possessions that they had gathered and the people whom they had acquired in Haran. And they departed to go to the land of Canaan. 2 Corinthians 5 and 7, for we walk by faith, not by sight. Last Sunday, we spoke about my family structure. We discussed in the family structure how we believe that the family structure is important to our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. How our family is formed, how it is arranged, and how it is ordered is important to Jesus a family, even in its infant stage, the family members must be mindful of who they allow to shape their thinking, their talking, and their actions. We got to be careful who we allow to influence our actions. We must be cautious of who we allow to influence us as a husband, wife, children, single man, single woman, niece, nephew, mother, father, and so forth. We need sound biblical guidance from God's written and revealed word by a God-ordained pastor and or spiritual leadership when it comes to family matters, whether we're single or we are married. We need knowledge and we need understanding. Now, as we mature in the word of God, you realize that. You realize why God will give us scriptures like Jeremiah 3 and verse 15. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to Jeremiah chapter 3 and verse 15, which reads as follows. And I will give you shepherds according to my heart who will feed you with knowledge and understanding. Again, and I will give you. Notice what he's going to do. He's going to designate to us. He's going to appoint to us. He's going to, well, excuse me, appoint to us shepherds. 
not just any shepherd, but shepherds according to his heart. Notice what he says, my heart. Their job is to feed you. Feed you means to tend to you, to rule, to govern, and to teach you. But not just what they want to teach you. They want to need to teach you with knowledge and understanding. Knowledge is we become more acquainted with God. We understand more about God. We learn more about God as well as understanding. To have insight, comprehension, wise understanding that brings about success and prosperity. And that's good to know. It's a lot of grounds we covered last week. And and I don't know that we gave you the topic for today. I'm going to go back in and go a little deeper on last week. But uh, the topic today is a blessed family. So last week we talked about the family structure. And today we've shifted, moved it on over to a blessed family. So as Pastor mentioned, the family formation, the structure, the the those things that influence how a family operates the order of the family is so important and biblically speaking we see that not only did the lord address it um in times past even from the beginning of time that he ordered the family should to be a certain way even from adam and eve it was a certain order but we see in the new testament that paul continues to talk um and teach on the family and how we should conduct ourselves as it relates to the family. And so Paul is speaking to young Timothy and Timothy is a young preacher. Now, you know, a young preacher, a lot of times we have a lot of zeal, but we might not have all the knowledge that we need. And so Paul begins to talk to Timothy and he addresses Timothy as a true son in the faith. In other words, Timothy, I know you to be genuine. I know you to be sincere. But not only just sincere to be morally good, but I know you to be sincere as it relates to God, his character, and his faithfulness. And so he brings Timothy the greetings, and he says, Grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and Jesus Christ our Lord. Now, you would think they're about to sit down. You know how sometimes we sit down and we have those conversations, and it's going to be all nice and all smooth. But Paul was going to deal with some things with Timothy because he didn't want Timothy to be a castaway. And sometimes when we don't deal with things in our own home, we can cause more harm to the body of Christ than we cause to be a help. But he tells Timothy He says, if a man, in 1 Timothy 3 and 5, and I'm sure you have that from last week, he says, if a man does not know how to rule his own house, how will he take care of the church of God? Now, you would think that he was going to be a little lighter on Timothy. He's like, look, you can't get it together at the first house. You ain't going to be able to get together in God's house. And that lets us know that family is important. Now, that doesn't mean that everything has to be perfect. That doesn't mean we're not going to go through things. That doesn't mean that we're not going to deal with situations and circumstances. Things are going to come up. But what he was saying is you've got to know how 
to support your own household. You've got to know how to guard over. You've got to know how to protect your own household. And just like he had that greeting that Lady Dobbs talked about in 1 Timothy 1 and 2, he also had to, when he addressed those issues that Lady Dobbs talked about, he also had to address us as a body of believers. So we see this in 1 Timothy chapter 5 and verse 8. But if anyone does not provide for his own and especially for those of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. So notice if anyone, anyone, that includes all of us, anyone, any believer in the body of Christ does not provide or take care of or think beforehand for his own. That what he or she is responsible for, and especially those of his household, he has denied. Notice this, he has rejected and disregarded the faith. And the Bible says he is worse than an unbeliever. My God, that's something in it. That is something. See, he's serious about this teaching and the importance of family. So family ministry, it begins at home. It starts at home. It starts at home. And we can recall how powerful testimonies from Christians, especially when it comes from sound biblical families, that the testimonies that changes lives, the testimony that our world so desperately need in this hour. And so I see why the enemy would fight us to get to the word. I see why he would tell us that we got so many other things to do. I see why he would say, why bother? Because he knows that if the word is manifested in the lives of families, he knows that this nation will be changed. He knows that our community will be changed. He knows that the church will be strong. He knows that our young people will grow up in wholesome households. So what he does is he tells us, oh, you're tired. Girl, you know you worked all last week now. Honey, what does it matter? He's still going to be himself. It ain't going to change. And so the enemy will paint that picture in our minds rather than allowing us to see, honey, those that's, that's a blessed family right there. Now, they may go through some things, and it ain't always sunshine, but you know what? They are blessed. See, that speaks to people. When we hear testimony like, he looks like he must really love her. And you know, every time you see them, they're somewhere together. You know, they hanging out. Let me tell you, when I first considered retiring and being at home, I was like, ooh, we've never been together this much. How is that going to be? I was concerned about that. Because, see, when you have your life and you have your life, you come together, but you ain't together all the time. I prayed about that thing because I didn't want a move in my routine to interfere with his routine. See, you got to think about that with family. You just can't barge in the house and like, well, honey, I'm here now, so that's what that's, that's all it is. No, no, no. Those eight hours are not used to me being in the house. Those eight hours are used to him being in and out and in and out. So I prayed about that. See, that's wisdom right there. You just can't automatically assume that just because you pay mortgage or just because you're a part of the household that you can just come in and drop and disrupt things. That's, that's a testimony right there. But we hear things like, they're a great biblical example. They, they, they seem like they really and truly try 
to live out the word. We need the God of their family to lead our family. See, that's what I believe. I believe that God is raising up families, that people in the world was like, look, we ain't used to seeing no husband love their wife like that. We're not used to seeing kids that be so excited about the word of God, that they are loved and they're nurtured and they just can't wait to get to the house of God. We, we're not used to seeing that. We're used to seeing that, you know, we, we come to church on Sunday and we living like anything on Monday. That's what we're used to seeing. But I believe that God is raising up families because in this hour, it's crazy out there. And if you don't have a safe place to come to that you can grow, that you can be nurtured, that you can flourish, let me tell you, you need the family structure. And not only within your household, but it impacts the extended family, the grandparents, the nieces, the nephews, the aunts and uncles. And we're going to see that in the text today. How we live impacts our family. That's why we must be faith walkers in order to obtain and maintain the blessings or the promises that God has for us. That's why 2 Corinthians Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 7 reminds us, for we walk by faith, not by sight. When we walk, we adjust our lives, we maintain our lives, we regulate our lives by faith. We trust in God's written and revealed word. We have confidence in what God says is true, and we are convicted that his promise will come to pass. And we're not relying on our senses, our external appearances. We're not relying on our way of doing things, and we're not relying on the world's way of doing things. And one of the things I've learned over the years, you can rely on yourself to the point you will mess yourself up. Because I've been guilty. I, I have messed myself up. I had to repent and say, God, not my will, but your will be done. See, family work and ministry work require a lot of adjusting. It requires a lot of modifying, altering, moving, changing, and so forth. If we're going to make progress in this Christian journey, if we're going to move forward in, in God's will, if we're going to accomplish the will of God for our lives, we got to adjust. In fact, you might as well just... Let me say this to you. You have a lifestyle of adjusting. You got a lifestyle. You say, you know what? I I may have did it good uh, five years ago, but now this has got to be different. It's got to be different. Let me give you one quick example. uh, We're going to move on. I was thinking about this. When Moses was leading, excuse me, when when God was leading the children of Israel out of Egypt, he directed them by a cloud. Now, that cloud will move and, and, and the children of Israel will move and follow that cloud. Now, what if somebody would have said, you know what, about a week ago, that cloud was right here then. And I'm not going to move because that cloud was right here. But it's been a week later. That cloud have moved and went down the road somewhere. And, you, and therefore, you got to make sure you follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. Everybody understand that part? Family work and ministry work is suggesting. We have to be ready. You're right, Pastor. We've got to be ready to change. We've got to be ready to modify some things, alter some things. Let me tell you, if you're going to walk in unity, you're going to have to adjust. It's going to be some attitude adjustment. You're going to have to approach things differently. Why? Because if not, the enemy is always there trying to bring a, a discord. He's always there trying to divide the household. If we're going to be debt-free, it's going to be some adjusting. 
I know. I need to keep telling myself, girl, you go, it's going to be all right, but you're going to have to adjust. You're going to have to adjust because you're going to have to adjust to your spending habits. You're going to have to adjust to giving. You know, you can't give at the same level and expect to receive at this bountiful harvest. That, that would go against the word. And God is not going to change his word for us. We we have to learn how to make more and spend less. We have to learn how to hear God when we invest. If we're going to spend quality time with each other, be it husband, wife, be it children, or whatever, we got to adjust. It's going to be some time management things. We got to look at our time and like, you know what? I might have to, you know, not watch so much TV. Or I might, it would be me, I might have to stay awake a little longer. Pray for first lady. Because by 7.30, she out, right? It's some adjustments. And so I, it, my, my family laughs at me because I'm like, okay, I'm going to stay up tonight. I promise I'm going to stay up. And about 8.20, I'm like, oh, did the clock stop? What's happening? But I got to adjust. So I'm trying to think of different ways. I'm like, I got to be able to pull it in at 9 o'clock because I get up so early. So when it's afternoon, I mean, I'll sit down and I can sit up straight. I am out. But that's not quality time. So I'm learning to adjust. They ain't saying nothing. Them two right there. But eight, if we're going to grow. 820? <laughs> see, Pastor, you got to see what it takes. Let me, let me share something real quickly. Uh, I, I thought about this. Share? I'm not sharing about your 820. 7.30. <laughs> but if you're going to buy a car, okay, you're going to buy a car. Go ahead and start making payments to yourself mm-hmm. so you can get adjusted to it before you get the car. That's good. Don't follow me? That's start making three fifty, four hundred dollars a month, cover your insurance, cover the maintenance, cover all that. Now if you're gonna pay cash, you ain't got to worry about that. That's 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 just mm-hmm. but go ahead and start paying yourself. Each month I'm gonna pay four hundred dollars. I'm gonna cover my car payment, the maintenance and so forth. And so when you get the car and the payment's two hundred $75, your insurance is $70, and your gas and maintenance and so forth, you're already making the payment. So you're not, you're not trying to steal God's money to pay the car payment. I'm sorry, did I say something wrong right there? Okay, let me go with another one more example. One more example. Can I give you one more example? Just, just stay with me, though. Stay with me. You're going to buy a house one day, okay? Mm-hmm. All right? You're going to buy a house one day. And I know many of you are homeowners, but some of you may venture out getting something bigger or whatever the case may be. Well, let's start making those payments now and adjusting your life so in turn, when you do get the house, it don't hit you so bad. And see, the enemy will say, get God's money, steal God's money, and pay that house for it. Count the cost and all that good stuff. No, do it now so in turn, when you get it, it's not a big adjustment to you. Because buying a house is different than rent. You can't call the maintenance folks and tell them come fix your stuff. Because you are the maintenance people. You are the maintenance. You are the one to say, hey, uh, this activism ain't working. Y'all need to come fix this. They call yourself because that's who you got to call. <laughs> you know, and you got to be concerned with the price. That's it. As the other people, I get two or three bids so I get stuff fixed. Or at least some idea of what's going to fix. Or somebody I can trust. Because you can't trust everybody to fix yourself neither. All right, let me back out of that because that's a whole different story. You're going down a trail. You're going down a trail. But we're going to bring it back. We're going to bring it back. Bottom line is you got to adjust. Families have to adjust. Husbands have to adjust. Wives have to adjust. Children, when you have a 12-year-old, it's different than a 16-year-old. 
is different than a 22-year-old, is different than a 28-year-old. You got to adjust. And so the level of support that you provided at 12, you got to be able to pull that away. Because if not, you will begin to create codependency. And your kid will grow up at 28, 29, thinking that you're going to do the same things you did when they were 12. So you got to adjust. you got to adjust so that we can grow collectively, but we can be all that God will have us to be. So when we think in terms of family, we know that God has a plan for our families. And we're going to talk about a family today that had to do some adjusting. We're going to talk about Abraham's family. And I read that as an opening scripture because they truly were faith walkers. Because when the Lord spoke to Abraham, as he did in Genesis 12, 1 through 5, Abraham had to hear the voice of God. But not only did he, his nephew had to hear, his wife had to hear, and they had to begin to trust God in ways that they had not trusted him before. Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 through 5, we'll go there. And remember, as we're reading this, we're talking about a family that's receiving the promises of God. Genesis chapter 12. Verses 1 through 5. Now the Lord had said, had said to Abram, get out of your country, from your family, and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. And I will curse him who curses you. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken to him, and Lot went with him. And Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Aaron. Then Abram took Sarah, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all their possessions that they had gathered and the people whom they had acquired in Haran. And they departed to go to the land of Canaan. So they came to the land of Now, Abraham was considered the father of faith based on Romans 4 and 16. Let's turn over to Romans 4 and 16 very quickly. Paul references the promise of God and the faith of Abraham. It also lets us know that Abraham is the father of faith for those who believe. I'm over here using pastor's armor this morning. So, um, you know, when you use somebody else's armor, you got to adjust. Pastor just sitting over here letting me adjust to his armor. Romans 4 and 16. Therefore, it is a faith that it might be according to grace, so that the promise might be sure to all the seed, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. So we see that we are the seed of Abraham. And to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. That's where the blessings are made. Paul speaks of this when writing to the Galatians church as well. If you don't mind, go with me to the book of Galatians chapter 3. We'll read two verses of scripture, verse 14 and verse 16. Galatians chapter 3, verses 14 and verse 16. And the Bible reads as follows. 
that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles and Christ Jesus. So the blessing of Abraham will come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the spirit through faith. And in verse 16, now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. He does not say into seeds as of many, but as of one and to your seed who is Christ. So in Christ, the seed is sown and we receive the blessing that comes through Abraham. For we are the seed of Abraham through Christ. But Abraham, but excuse me, but Abraham, a.k.a. or also known as Abram, also had a natural family, which is what we're talking about here in today's text. So Abram later name changed to Abraham, had to learn how to walk by faith and not by sight as a family man. He understood or he had to quickly understand what it meant to adjust and regulate his life and his family based on God's revealed word. God gave Abraham name meaning exalted father some specific instructions that were not filled with a lot of details. You ever had instructions given by your spouse or your children and they didn't have a lot of details? Now, some of us, I will have to say, have had more experience of this than others. But it's like your kid tell you, Mom, I need you to pick me up at 715 at school. Okay, now it's homecoming week. They got trailers everywhere. They got floats they're getting ready for. But they say, don't be late, Mama. Don't be late. Pick me up. No more details. And you like, are you near the office? You near the cafeteria? Are you near the practice field? Are you near the state? Where you at? Right? But pick me up, don't be late. As if to say you got a history of being late. I don't know, right? Or you're sent to the store. And your spouse says, can you pick up some bread? And you go to the store and you see wheat bread, honey wheat bread. You see sourdough bread. You see rye bread. You see cornbread. You see rose. You see Sara Lee. You see nature's own. You're like, what, what, what? What are the details? But many times, it's challenging to follow those de- those instructions when they lack details. But there are times when God will require our obedience, and we may not have a lot of details. Let's go back to Genesis chapter 12, verse 1. Genesis chapter 12, verse 1. Now the Lord had said to Abram, get out of your country. Get out of your country. Notice what he says. He says, get out. Depart out of your country. Move away from your country. He tells Abram to move from that which is common or familiar with him. Now, if you be honest about it, some people, uh, family and others may have the impression that I need to go. Split. Leave it. Go to a land that God will show me. Maybe so or maybe not. But we need to know that it's God speaking and not us trying to do our own thing. If you notice in the first part of Genesis chapter 12 and verse 1, now the Lord had said, not Abram had said. He didn't make this up in his thinking or his talking or his actions, but the Lord had said, get out of your country. And sometimes what I found out is this, that some people want to move away so they can sin. 
Is that why they want a dog pass? Let, let, I ain't gonna say something. Y'all did this. Talking about me in my previous life, I moved away so I could sin. I'm being, I'm being real with you. I moved away so I could sin. I could do what I wanted to do when I wanted to do it, so forth and so on. And uh, I don't mind you moving, but don't move away from God. You should be getting closer to God because you got to depend on him. Because one thing about, okay, what you do, the light bill going to see coming to your name now. Phone bill coming to your name. Gas bill coming to your name now. Uh, you can't go. Uh, I guess you could. You could shop at Mama's and Dad's house, but you got to shop for your own food now. Please do. Shop for your own food now. This is a reality. Amen. That's good. So when God speaks, we should be closer to God and not more separated from him and his church. Let's look at the second clause of Genesis 12 and 1. So we know in the first part, he says, Now the Lord has said to Abram, Get out of your country, from your family, and from your father's house, to a land that I will show you. So the Lord tells Abram, into, you got to leave your family, your relatives, and your kinfolks. And you got to get out your father's house. And you got to go to a land that I am going to show you. Now, that's a grow-up moment right there. Tell your neighbor that's a grow-up moment. Grow-up moment. And here's another grow-up moment. Marriage and family requires a grow-up moment. It requires maturity. Because you have to leave being so dependent on your relatives and your kinfolks and mama and daddy knows. And you've got to hear God and be able to obey the voice of God in your marriage. Maturity to the point that we can pray and hear God's voice and be able to operate and, and act on what we hear. His instructions to Abram were to leave the place that was familiar. You know when it's familiar now, thank you a little tough. You might go and, you know, if, if the refrigerator get real low, you're like, well, I just want to come spend time with you all the while while you're making a plate, eating making lunch for two days. you like, I just want to come see you. you. Did you really just want to come see you? You hungry. But either way, I'm glad to have you. Y'all know how it is sometimes. But when you grow up, you, you realize that I might be hungry and I might have to just wait this one out. But I came to see you, but I, I, I'm not going to, you know, come for the purpose of a, a selfish game, but I, I came because of the fellowship. So marriage requires growing up. And the Lord was asking Abram and his family to be faith walkers. <laughs> hey, that, if that's not 2 Corinthians 5 and 7, I don't know what it is. Let's read that, Pastor. 2 Corinthians 5 and 7, for we walk by faith and not by sight. Abram had to have confidence in God's revealed word to adjust and maintain this life just as well as his family's life. And he had to have faith in God. Not only did they, he have to have faith in God, his family have to have faith in what God had said through Abraham. They had to have God. They had realized that the God that Abraham served was able to do it. He's a, he was. They would be convicted of it or convinced about it. They had to realize his promise was true. So when they left, they literally were a faith walking family. If anybody was going to be a faith walking family, this was going to be a faith walking. family. Family walking by faith and not by. That's good. And at times, God will give divine instructions to a spiritual head of household, just as the Lord did for Abram. Those divine instructions may be related to spiritual growth and development, 
could be related to health and wealth, could be related to relationship, could be career choices. But God will speak um, to that head of household, and, and he will give a divine plan. And sometimes, you know, when he gives a divine plan, let me say this to you. If you walk in life and head of household, sometimes you come up short giving the instructions or communicating instructions or applying the instructions that we receive from God related to giving, praying, meditating on God's word, managing finances, making investments, buying certain things like cars, boats, expensive items, and such like. And let me say this, and, and don't take this the wrong way. Most of the time, you don't get all the instructions from God. You get enough to obey. You get enough to obey. You ain't gonna know everything. You, sometimes you can go around to 15 in the month. I thought you told me to get this, God. But it's a money struggle. It's a money struggle. And so the money struggle is, you gotta believe that God told you to do it, so He's gonna provide to make sure it get paid. If He told you to do it, at the times when you are fit, are, are running across difficulties, I should say, you got to believe that God spoke to you and this is going to happen. There's uh, you, I, as long as I've been with God, I've never got all the instructions. There are everything that is going to happen in my life to that. I get enough to obey. And as I obey, I understand it more as I obey. We sung a song coming up. I, you'll understand it better by and by. I didn't know how much they were preaching the gospel then. <laughs> but you know, that's so important. And especially between a husband and a wife, because... Just because you get the instruction doesn't mean I have the instruction. But I'm expected to follow. And so whatever the details God gives you, it's important that you communicate that over to your spouse. Because a lot of times the breakdown in communication can not only hinder the plan from going forth, it can hinder the entire family and can cause a rift in the family. I heard God. I know what he told me. I know what he told Yeah, but nobody else heard but you. Can you tell me something that he said? That's so important when it comes to family. And so it could be husband and wife. It could be a, 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 a mother, a head of household. It could be a father, head of household. You've got to communicate that thing out so that people can see the vision, and run with it with you. Because sometimes a conflict is not that people don't want to follow. Sometimes they just don't know where they're going. And sometimes they might wonder, do you know where you're going? That's heavy. But it's real. And it causes that family to sometimes be in distress because I want to do what God will have me to do. I want to be obedient. I want to walk. I want to be yielded. But when I don't know, and when uh, you holding all the information... You 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 got to be able to communicate. And that's a good point because sometimes, like in husband wife situation, they think you're holding back on something. But those all the instructions Abraham got: get out, go. Well, where are we going? He didn't tell. Which way are we going? He didn't say. What I mean, when we're leaving, he didn't say none of that. He said, "Get out and what?" And so, but you know what you do have, you need to communicate. That's good. You follow me now? Okay, he said leave, but he said leave Tuesday. He said leave at noon. We're going to leave at noon. What else did he say? I don't know. Where are we going? I don't know. I'm giving you everything I have. And that's but good. That's the faith walker, though. But I'm, I give you all I have, and we depend on God for the rest. That's good. That's and, but I don't like to hide behind, though, but God said this and God said that. Because you remember what Abraham did? You don't read anywhere where God said go. No, he just said we're going this way, y'all. And he departed. 
I love that about Abram, though. But Abram gave what he had because, he know, he gave him. He told him, you coming on lot, my nephew coming. People that we got working with us going on, they got this going. I'm taking y'all with me. And really, they headed toward the land of Canaan, as you see there in the text. But the thing that we understand is you give what you got. That's good. You give what you got, but you ain't going to have everything. If you is, that's, that's not walking by faith. Sometimes God will tell you to give, but he don't tell you all the details. If we knew every time we're going to get a million dollars every time we gave, you wouldn't have no problem giving. But, you know, sometimes you'll go in there and think, God said, give this X number of dollars in your offering. And you're thinking, how are we going to pay this other bill right here? That's good. How are you going to fix this? He didn't give you all the details. But, you know, all he tells you is, I'm going to supply the need according to my riches and glory by Christ Jesus. That's faith walking. That's good. You're going to walk by faith. You might as well get ready. I ain't going to have all the detail. And, and this is what you got to understand. You got to be comfortable enough or, excuse me, have enough faith in God to understand you are not going to have all the detail. But you know what I like what God did? Oh, sorry. Abram didn't have all the detail, but God gave Abram a promise. That's good. And the promise he picks up in Genesis 12 and 2 he says, now remember the Lord has said to Abraham, get out of your country, from your family, from your father's house, to a land I will show you. Okay, that could be anywhere. But he goes on to say, God's still talking to Abraham. He says, and I will make you a great nation. See, I would need to know that part. You see, you see what I'm saying? I need to know God told you he's going to make us great. And he goes on to say, and I will bless you. Yeah, you might want to tell me that part too. And make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Now, you ain't got to tell me where we're going. You ain't got to tell me, you know, to be ready by, by if we live in that 10, to be ready by 945, because you done gave me the promise. And the promise that God has already said, when God said he's going to bless me, Oh, that means I know he's going to accomplish some great things in me. The Lord told Abram, he says, I am going to cause you to do some important things. I am going to distinguish you amongst men. I am going to bless you. See, that's, that's good information to know. God promised to invoke favor and produce happiness in his life. He promised to make Abram's name great, which we are still reading about today. And how many of you know, you may not have all the money, but if your name's great, it'll open some doors for you. You may not have all the wisdom, all the insight, but if somebody can drop your name and they say, oh, they good because I know so-and-so, that's a blessing. And he told him, he said, the Lord told him that he would be a blessing to others. Not only are you going to be blessed, but you're going to be able to bless somebody else. Now, see, that'll get you going right there. Sisters, can, can you ride with that one? I, I mean, you know, I know we don't know where we're going, but you told me you were going to make me great. I'm going with you. See, that changes the game. That changes the game. He would have the power and the ability to bring peace and prosperity to others. And the Lord continues the blessings in Genesis 12 and 3. I will bless those who bless you. Mm. So everybody who blesses you is going to be blessed. Mm-hmm. They're going to invoke God, divine favor upon your life. Uh, bring happiness and to bring about divine protection. Mm-hmm. And I'm not just looking at Abraham. I'm looking at the saints in this sanctuary. Let me say this to you. I know 
without a shadow of a doubt that many of you in this sanctuary, if I bless you, I'm going to be blessed. See, you got to understand that. So if I sow unto you, sister, brother, I'm going to be blessed. Now, you ought to be shaking your head off of that now. Because when people sow on you and they see a return, oh, I don't mind sowing you again. Well, y'all missed that. But then again, though, I can mess around and try to curse you, too. And then then if I try to curse you, he's going to inflict harm on me. He's going to punish me for trying to punish you. And he sure can't do nothing about my divine protection because that comes from God anyway. And then the latter part of that text, and in you all, all, everybody say all. All. The families of the earth shall be blessed. Woo-wee. That means your family, the person sent to your right family, the person sent to your left family, the person behind you family shall receive the favor of God. Mm-hmm. Should be happy. It's going to bring about divine protection and happiness. I believe a family who strives to walk by faith and not by sight will have this divine favor in their lives. And it's supernatural. You can't put it in the words. It is divine. Well, one thing you can do is anticipate the blessings. I don't know which route we're going, but if I go to the Chick-fil-A, somebody might be going to buy me lunch. Quiet because Lord said he's going to bless those that bless me. You know what I'm saying? It changes the game. It causes you to be able to follow at a different level. Like, you're not looking for the person to provide because you've already heard the promise. You're not looking for you to make every, to do everything perfect because you know the promise. So even if you messed up, you told me the promise. And the promise is God said he was going to bless me. God says he was going to make our name great. You know what? We might be going through right now, but it's all right because the promise is that he's going to make our name great. The promise is he's going to bless those that bless us. He's going to curse those that curse us. So even if you're trying to, to work some stuff in the background, I got a promise. And I, I'm standing on the promise of God. And so Genesis 12 and 4 and 12 and 5, so Abram departed. And the Lord has spoken to him. And Lot went with him. That's why, it, you know, as a man of God, as a head of household, you got to hear the voice of God. You got to know his voice. And his voice will be synonymous with his word. You got to be able to hear the promises of God and know what he's saying unto you because people are following you. So if you're not going anywhere, guess what? They're not going anywhere either. If you're going back, guess what? They're going back too. So, but Abram departed as the Lord had spoken to him and Lot, his nephew, went with him. And Abram was 75 years old. Bruh is drawing social security for about 10 years now. And they getting up, packing, they grip and going. But it didn't stop Lot. But he departed from here, huh? In Genesis 12 and 5, then Abram took Sarah, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all their possessions that they had gathered, and the people whom they had acquired. So Abraham was not cheap. Come on now. He wasn't hurting because he got his wife, his nephew, their possessions, and the people that worked for them. What you talking about? And they all got their bags, and they departed into the land of Canaan. So they came to the land of Canaan. So when we read that Abram's family went as well, they were a family who were walking by faith. 
They were a family that trusted the God of Abraham. They trusted that Abram could hear from God, and they trusted that whatever he said, that God said he was going to do, he was going to do that. How, how powerful would our families be if, A, we know the voice of God, and, B, when we hear his voice, we will stand in that and begin to operate and to move forward knowing that God is going to bless us. And to me, that's why it's a blessing to have a pastor and spiritual leaders as God, because they help us navigate through life ups and downs. Individuals who walk by faith and not by sight, you want them in your life. You want these people in your life. You don't want natural people that look at the news and everything else and get moved by that kind of stuff. You need people to follow Christ. And that's why I like what Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 1. So if you don't mind, go with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 1. Which basically says that in the King James verse, it, it says, follow me as I follow Christ. So me, follow me as I follow Christ. But this one in the New King James reads, imitate me just as I also imitate Christ. So imitate means this person adopts the appearance or behavior of another. As I also am imitating or following his pattern, his way of doing things, Christ. If I follow his way of doing things, I follow his pattern, his way of teaching, his way of talking, his way of acting, and so forth. And as he literally, and when they, excuse me, when Abram did this, literally as well as figuratively, they were walking by faith. They were walking by faith. Remember, Abram heard a word, a word. He shared, he said he took Lot, he took his nephew, Lot, he took his family, his wife, and he also took the people that worked with him. And Abram, and, and in turn, remember now, when he did that, they all received the blessing that came because of that. Abraham's family was blessed as well as those who worked for him or them. That's powerful. And so as we leave today, we just want to encourage you. You may not have all the details, but know the promise. The details will come, but when we don't know the promises that are in God's word, there's nothing to stand on. And so, yeah, I may not have heard every single thing God told me to do, but I heard that he said I was going to be blessed. I heard that he said that he was going to make my name great. I heard that he says that in when people bless us, they were going to be blessed. When people curse us, they're going to be cursed. So you got to know the promises of God. Because when we know the promises of God, we can walk by faith and not by sight. God bless you. We love y'all. And we pray that the word of the Lord was a blessing because we know that you are a blessed family. Thank you so much for listening to today's message. Please subscribe to our podcast. And if you're ever in the Villarica area, you can visit us at 3193 South Van Wert Road in Villarica, Georgia on Sunday mornings at 10 and Wednesday evenings at 7. You can also reach us at 770-459-6221. That's 770-459-OCC1. Follow us on Facebook at Overcomers Christian Center and visit us online at occvr.org. We pray that you're empowered and equipped in today's world.